Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org, or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. I'm Steve. And uh, Viv and I, we're at, Viv and I are at church together. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's like the first time in months, months and months and months. Uh, normally, I get to preach on my own, but this time Viv's told me I have to stick to the script. And as she's here, I, pr- I promise I will. Um, we've had a great, great uh, weekend uh, so far. Our team nearly won the quiz, quiz last night, but um, at least we weren't last. Mike. <laughs> uh, a huge welcome to people over at Westside and at Battersea as well. Uh, we had a, we've had a brilliant weekend. Uh, yesterday, uh, Westside Football Club, uh, they won 2-1. Uh, Marlon at Westside scored two great goals. And uh, so, yeah, give him a cheer at, cheer at Westside. And, um, and tonight... Uh, if, if that's not enough, we've got baptisms, which uh, so Marlon's going to be baptised, and, uh, and Katie, she's in, the, she's in there, and, uh, and a few other people, so it's going to be a great, 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 great time. Also, this is about a year, nearly a year ago, we commissioned our three sites, uh, and so Mike and Julia here at Battersea, Kelsey at Westside, Mike and Julia at Ballum, <laughs> we haven't told you we've changed. <laughs> Uh, Kelsey at Westside, and then Chris and Jess at Battersea. If they're there, would Westside give them a cheer? Would Battersea give Chris and Jess a a cheer? And here at Ballum, let's give Mike and Julia a huge cheer. Fantastic. This is great. This is great. And um, today is another, another moment, another sort of family moment where we're... Uh, Viv and I were just going to share something around generosity. So today's Generosity Sunday. And uh, let me just say, if you're new or you're visiting us today, welcome, welcome to the family. Uh, Whether you're just checking out Christianity or checking out this church, this is not a normal service. Uh, you're, You're just getting a chance to look in, to have a peek in into our family. Uh, we're going to be talking about money today, which is a taboo anyway in uh, in Britain, um, let alone in church. But as I as I say repeatedly, the awesome's in the awkward, and so we're going to lean into the awkward uh, this morning for a little little while. We believe that lives are changed through generosity, and uh, God is this extravagant God who's extravagantly generous. Uh, to us. And so our, as a reflection of him, we get to, we joyfully give our time and our talents and our finances back to him. A few weeks ago when I was, when I was here on my own, going off piste because Viv was in Battersea, <laughs> I mentioned about at Westside, there's some mold on the wall at the far, far right corner. And just at the time, we'd noticed it the last uh, few months, and we'd had some quotes, and we hadn't budgeted in our finances for five, six, seven thousand pounds to do the repairs to the walls, but also the roof and the gutters. And uh, and I just kind of offered that here. Just would you pray? Would you pray uh, that God would uh, God would provide? 
And uh, just that week and the weeks following, people immediately responded. People here at Ballam responded to what was happening over at Westside and uh, just responded with, uh, with financial generosity, which has meant now that we're able to fix. And so this last week, the, the roof's been repaired. Yeah. Next week, the walls are going to be repaired. Yeah, yeah, cheer, cheer at Westside. It's amazing, it's amazing. Um, as I left, as I left this service, had, had just people coming up to me. I was just walking home, just in tears, just thanking God for uh, His provision. Almost shaking myself up again in faith, uh, remembering that all that God has promised to us—not just to the Batemans, but also what God's promised to to V61. Uh, see, He's the God of the more than enough. Over the last eight years, as Viv and I have just responded to the Lord, uh, whenever we felt as though we weren't uh, going to have enough personally, but also for the church, we've known time and time again, God has always provided. Uh, He's always provided to us. And so for us, my response and our response is we're just called to bring our offerings to the Lord, just as we lead V61, but also as Viv and I are called personally to trust him. I'm going to hand to Viv now. Hello everyone. Um, I don't know if you're like me, but I know I have a bit of a tendency to uh, look back on the early days of this church with rose-tinted glasses and people that have been around from the beginning. Um, You know, the days where we could have everyone back to our house after church and um, where I, I knew everybody, everybody knew me, we were in and out of each other's homes and I've really found myself recently like longing for those days. But I felt God say, really challenging me recently, that um, just this verse from Isaiah, I'm going to read it in a second. And I know this was Westside's verse of the year last year and it was significant in our adoption journey with Westside. But I feel as though God has brought it to, to our attention again. And so this is Isaiah 43 verses 18 and 19. And it simply says this, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And there are two things I think that God is uh, he's particularly like speaking to us prophetically about at the moment. And one is this thing of doing, he's doing a new thing. The sense is that God is doing something new. I don't know whether you've noticed it, but like from the first Sunday back here in the new year, it's felt new. Like something, like we've not done anything differently, but God is doing something new. And I felt like personally, God has said, do not look back on the former things. If you do, you're going to miss what I'm doing now. And I think, uh, I, I, you know, Jesus says something along the same lines in the Gospel um, of Mark. Mark 2, Jesus says this. No one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. And as great as yesterday was, the Lord has new wine for today. That will go far beyond yesterday. But I, think, I just feel like we have to let go of yesterday in order to step into what he has for us today. And we've had a few prophetic words along these lines. Honestly, crazy prophetic words. Um, Someone sent this to us a couple of weeks ago. So many people keep talking about new wine again and again and again. Um, 
new wine. Um, I felt God was saying that we are not returning to the former things, the glory days of V61, of the things that God did, even though God moved powerfully. But actually, don't look back to how it has worked, but look forward to what he is breathing on now. There is new wine. There's new wine to be had. God is doing something new, and I feel as if, you know, we've been praying for this for 30 years, Steve and I. Um, what if this is the time? What if this is the time where he is going to pour his new wine into us? And I think this is a personal moment. I think this is a corporate moment. Um, you know, we're still in this season of consecration, people laying down their lives, people letting go of idols that they've placed above God. We've seen people repenting, dying again to themselves again and again. And if we look back through history, time and time again, God does a new thing following his people consecrating themselves. So that's the invitation. That's the first invitation. Viv just went off, off script. <laughs> she went off script. <laughs> that gives me a bit of freedom. <laughs> All right, so if the first thing is about the new wine, the new one that God's doing, the second thing um, uh, is about our, our calling and our mandate as a church. Those of you with good eyes, you'll be able to read, you'll be able to read that. Uh, those are the first three verses of Isaiah 61, and um, this is who we are. Um, we're sensing that this is the time of, of new wine, but also sensing that this is a time of, um, of generosity again about serving, uh, serving others, particularly the poor in our community. Uh, and I want to say, if Vineyard 61 is your church, your home, your community, your family, then this scripture is one to memorize, to, uh, I'm not going to say get tattooed, um, <laughs> but this is, this is one to be part, of, be part of who you are. We're an Isaiah 61 church, uh, and I know we say this all the time, but... I want us to remind ourselves and remember who, who it is we are. We're anointed by the creator of the universe to preach good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to comfort those who mourn, to rebuild and restore what has been broken. This is who we are. Uh, just have a look around. Just have a look around. Just have a look around. We're a bunch of imperfect people, right? We're a bunch of people who haven't got... <laughs> things quite right, but we're being changed by God. This is who we are. We're a bunch of imperfect people being changed by God and joining God in his transformation business. Uh, let me just say it again. At, at our core, this is who we are, Isaiah 61. We're an Isaiah 61 people. And in Scripture, uh, time and time again, we see a God who favors the poor. We see a God whose favor follows the poor. In scriptures, it seems to me, uh, it seems to me that God has this special place in his heart. He, has this, he, he plays special attention uh, to his heart, his heart of compassion towards the poor. The Bible alone contains 2,000 verses about poverty and justice. As you flip every page or as you swipe every page in your Bible, verses revealing God's, God's heart towards the poor. Uh, for some of us, as we've already known, our, our, as we've experienced in our vineyard family, we lean towards the poor 
We have this special leaning uh, towards the poor, the outcast, the outsider. We, we embrace the fringes in our society. Uh, and I believe that our discipleship is linked in, in how we treat the poor. Uh, our discipleship is linked in how we remember the prisoners and pray for them. We serve, we build our community among the poor. We show the love of God, but we also show the power. We demonstrate the power, the raw power of God to those in need. Uh, they were saying, we've had a whole bunch of prophetic words, and it feels like the, the prophetic people's antennae, they're just... They're just... <laughs> bombarding us, which is fantastic, with, with confirmation of what we're sensing. And, and here's, here's something that we received a couple of weeks ago. Uh, uh, the person said, I heard him say, I'm looking for a church in London that is yielded to me completely, one that is truly there for the poor. Yes, poor in spirit, but also the poor and the ones in need practically. He's looking for a church that truly reflects him. And I feel he was offering that to us. Uh, but making room for God is, of course, needed for, for this to be ushered in. This felt so strong. He's looking to and fro for a church in this city uh, that is for him. And in his mercy and kindness and love, I think he might be offering that to V61. As I read that, I kind of, gosh, what a honor, privilege that the creator God might be inviting us to partner with him for the last, the lost, and the least in our, in our community. Uh, in, in, 2020, in 2020, those of us who are part of the community then, uh, we invited the church to give uh, towards our emergency compassion fund. I could see COVID. Remember three? Who remembers COVID? <laughs> yes, we all remember COVID. Three years ago. I could see that COVID was going to just hit people hard. And uh, through reading the book of Acts and also reading through the history of, of the church through pandemics, we discovered, a number of people discovered, I discovered that the church was always, throughout history, the church was always the first to arrive during pandemics. And it's always the last to leave after the pandemics. And so we created this opportunity for you and I to give towards uh, the church. We, we felt as though God was saying, uh, Acts 2 and Acts 4, it says, Let, uh, no one had need. They gave and no one had need. And so we just said, give towards people because there's going to be people who are going to suffer through, through COVID. Even the past week, we've, uh, we've, just been, we've given some mattresses and some and a fridge to someone who's just moved in. And so it's, it continues here. In, in 20 or th 10 or 20 years' time, when I look back at the legacy of the church, it genuinely it will be one of the proudest moments of our life as a church community. Uh, I'll never forget the outrageous outpouring of generosity that you and I did to, for, for what was to come. Tens of thousands of pounds were given to this emergency com uh, compassion. Never forget that. I never f I'll never forget the dozens and dozens of phone calls with people as they, as they talked to us, as they wept, as they lost their jobs, they lost their income, they lost uh, their livelihoods. 
and uh, a trine with people as we say, well, the church can help. The church can provide you rent. The church can provide you food. Uh, just so proud of this church as the church stepped in. And there are people here today at our sites at Westside, at Battersea, who, uh, whose rent has been paid for, mortgages have been paid for, food, utility bills has been covered, practical items has been paid for. This is the kingdom of God. This is the kingdom of God advancing through our generosity. Never forget how proud, just proud uh, we were. It's demonstrating the scriptures, God's passion for those in need. And we want to clearly state again in Isaiah 61, we, we exist for those yet to come. We exist for the irreligious, the poor in need, the poor in spirit. And we're on mission to set prisoners and captives free. People in anxiety, we're on a mission to set people free. We are a spiritual hospital for survivors, the broken, the crushed. And we want to clearly state that we will always, as long as Viv and I are around, we will always steer towards being the most radically compassionate, naturally supernatural church we can be for this city. And we, believed, we believe we're called as a church to worship with passion, integrity, authenticity, and expectation that God's in the house. We're an army. We're a hospital. And we're a compassionate worshiping community who together will bring life to London and beyond. And so to lean into, for us to continue to lean into this vision of compassion to the poor, to lean into the new wine that God's doing... We're inviting us again to give generously. Viv. So good. Um, with this cost of living crisis being a current reality, I think for most of us, I'm not sure there's anybody in this room or at Westside or Battersea that you're not feeling the hit in some way. And so I want to take us through our responses as people within this community, as individuals, as children of God, as stewards of the Lord's finances. Um, we know, don't we, that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Um, it all belongs to him, and we just get the privilege of stewarding some of that. We recognize that this particular economic downturn will, affects, will affect people probably more than previous economic downturns. Um, and and I, don't know, I don't know huge amounts about economics, but I do know that this current economic downturn has got multiple causes. It's global in nature, and we don't know how long it's going to last or how deep it's going to go. But the reality is downturns are part of our collective economic reality. And we won't get to, from this day to the final day without experiencing all sorts of financial storms in our lives. We live in a broken world with fragile systems. That's just how it is until we meet the Lord again. And so the question isn't whether financial storms, storms will occur. The question is, will our response be one driven by fear or by trusting God? When we give, we give generously as a tangible sign that we trust in God for our future. And as we give, we reflect the fact that we're made in the image of such a generous God who gave us everything. I mean, everything. Like, Jesus gave us everything, and he ultimately gave us his son. Tim, Tim Keller, he says, if we do not have a heart to be generous, we've never understood the gospel. It's what the gospel is. It's the generosity of God. And as we join in with that generosity, heaven 
opens its gates wise because, be, why? Because uh, generosity is the currency of heaven. And he qualifies us, because of his extravagant generosity to us, he qualifies us to partner with him in generosity. I don't know if this happened to you or, or not when you were little, but I remember when our kids were little, um, they would ask me for money so that I could th- they could then buy a gift for me or Steve for Christmas or for our birthdays. <laughs> Did you do that when you were little? Um, you know, they obviously didn't earn their own money, so they'd come to me so that they could buy me a gift. Um, and this is what it's like with God. This is what it's like. There's a verse in 1 Chronicles 29, 14, where David says to God, but who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. It all comes from him. Everything belongs to him. Just turn to your neighbor and say, everything I have belongs to him. Do that at Battersea West Side here. Everything I have belongs to him. And the opportunity and the privilege for giving, it's this gift from God. It's amazing how God has uh, stretched us and facilitated huge growth and fruitfulness here at V61. For for a long time, we've just been praying into this and just asking the Lord, how, how can we get stronger? How can we become more stable and sustainable? We're, we're, we feel stretched as a church. We feel stretched. But we sense that this isn't the time to cut back. We feel as though God is constantly saying, plan for growth, plan for growth, plan for growth. And we need systems. We need structures. We need staff. We need um, people in place. We need things in place so that we can hold this new wine that's coming and that is starting to come. And we believe God is inviting us to stretch again. So... Who wants to see some figures? On this Generosity Sunday, (laughs) we wanted to give you an update on our church's finances, our income, our expenditure, our financial situation. Um, Currently, 97% of our income comes from me and you, um, us giving to the Lord through our local church. So um, any myth that anybody might have that there's this wealthy um, donor in the States bankrolling all of this, or... um, (laughs) The Vineyard Church funds this, this church. That's simply not true. Um, but we wanted to be really practical and transparent about the finances of the church because we're looking forward to another year, another year where God is going to do great uh, new things among us. So on this, um, in this last year, I actually really love maths. <laughs> um, shout out to my dad, who's also a mathematician. Love a good spreadsheet. Um, so essentially over the last year, Our current income up until the end of January 23, from April 22, including gift aid and other income, was 423720. Can we just take a moment? Isn't that just incredible generosity? Like, unbelievable generosity. Um, Our expenditure up until the end of January was 502156 for the same period. Now, those who are good at maths... Not a very difficult sum. Um, you might have noticed there's a bit of a gap, there's a bit of a loss, and that is coming in at 78,436. Now, this isn't as bad as you might first think. 
We are getting some money transferred from our adoption of the West Side's reserves, and we do have reserves as V61. But with, uh, with COVID and with the aftermath, that's meant that around probably a third of our members have left uh, London or moved out of the country. And since 2020, we've lost over a third of our regular income too. And so where we find ourselves is that we will go backwards and we will continue to have to use our reserves, which aren't finite, unless we have more regular committed monthly giving. And we would love to invite more regular givers so that we can so we can sustain and increase the many projects, the ministries, the gatherings that we want to continue doing and start doing as we want to steward all that God is wanting to do in this community. If there is a wealthy American who wants to bankroll <laughs> the, the church as well, we're really open. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we believe that everyone gets to play and everyone gets to play their part, a significant part in furthering the kingdom of God. Uh, here at the Vineyard, we don't have formal membership, but uh, you show up and demonstrate your membership by doing uh, three things. And we've, we've got those there. Um, we, we think these are these three things in terms of your membership. Turning up to a small group, midweek group, uh, being on team, and giving regularly to the life of the church. And I, we, we reckon if you're doing two or three of these, you're a committed member of the church. Uh, what's awesome is we've got about 60% of our members uh, in a midweek group or serving in one of our dream teams on Sundays or our midweek compassion uh, ministries. Here's where the stretch is. Uh, those giving to the church is around 44%. 44% of our um, uh, uh, people regularly give to the church. I just want to just thank you, uh, those who are giving sacrificially, faithfully, uh, generously to the life of the church. We just want to thank you. It's just an amazing uh, foundation. Uh, but again, what if everyone gave? Just imagine if, if everyone gave, whether it's sacrificially or faithfully, uh, what that would release in terms of kingdom resource, uh, kingdom activity in the heart of London. Uh, as, a, as a teenager... And as a church, my purpose and our purpose is that we would make huge gaps in hell. I want to see huge gaps in hell because of this church. And heaven filled with a bunch of um, ordinary people, Londoners, causing chaos in heaven, but also causing chaos for the kingdom. I want to see huge swathes in hell which are uh, empty because of this church. And this wouldn't happen without people who, who generously give their time, their energy, their finances uh, to make this happen. I don't think we'll ever be a church that holds back. Um, and our vision is multiplication. It's a bit like breathing. We receive and then we give. We breathe in and we breathe out. Uh, Jesus says in, in Matthew 10.8, Freely you've received. Freely you've received. Now freely give. Very good, Viv. <laughs> so today, we're just simply inviting members, members of V61, to consider regular giving or making a one-off pledge uh, to help the long-term sustainability of this church. 
But also, there is a, there is a moment to remember that uh, I want, we want to encourage people in your, in your discipleship journey. Generosity is a key hallmark of, uh, of being a disciple of Jesus. Viv. <laughs> That's a handbrake. Um, can I just say something as a side note here? Um, never give by compulsion. Don't ever let somebody manipulate you or make you feel guilty into giving. I, I really hope that we will never do that to you. But I also know because many have been injured in the, in the area of finances, you could understand what we're saying and take it in a manipulative way. If you ever sense or feel that, do not give. Do not give until there's a joyful willingness in the offering. Very, very serious about this, because the scripture says that whatever is not of faith is sin. And if you're manipulated, there's no faith. You're being controlled. And you never want that. It's just, it's not right that people use scripture to manipulate others to do something. It's just not right. We're, you know, we're called to teach the word and invite people into the journey. And we've done a whole load of talks about the biblical basis for stewarding our finances over the last few years. So please do um, log onto our podcast and download some of those and really like press into what the Lord says about stewarding our finances. It's also wrong for me to think that I can give to God £10 and I will get £100 back. Um, because we just become manipulators of uh, the principles of God for our own glory. But it is equally true that whatever a man does, that will he also reap. The scripture says in Galatians 6 verse 7 that it's mockery to think that you could sow and not reap, that you could plant and not harvest. And I realize that we're trying to get out of that mode of trying to manipulate God, but the fact remains that giving is still planting. Let's put it this way. It's a really stupid farmer that plants a crop and doesn't expect to reap a harvest. He won't be in the farming business very long. But it's the most amazing privilege to partner with the heart of God in our giving. It may be just the, the sandwich you buy in little for the guy outside. It doesn't matter where it is. It's just the approach to life. And it's just the fact that you realize it's our, it's our privilege to take this that I have and sell it into eternal purpose. And this is what we're asking uh, of you guys. This is asking the Holy Spirit to add and to supernaturally multiply it. And Steve and I can testify to this personally. When we've given, so many times as we've lent into generosity, God has so generously given back to us. Even just before the service, I heard a crazy testimony of somebody outrageously giving and then outrageously being given back to. Like, outrageous. God does this. When we give, he does give back. And that's not why we give, but it does work. I don't understand it. And so we're going to have a bit of time to reflect and think with the Holy Spirit's nudging. Lord, what am I doing about my giving? Where am I at in this moment? And wherever you're at, we just ask you to listen, to listen to him. This is not coercion. This isn't us asking you to do it. This is us asking you to listen to the Holy Spirit and say, what should I give? So on your chairs and table, you should have a a pledge card and a pen. Just do me a favour, just wave it. If you don't have one, just put your hand up and we can get, um, there's, some, there's some at the back. Some of our team can give you one. Uh, 
wave at a Battersea, wave at a Westside, and anyone, anyone there as well. Uh, just uh, if you need a need a pledge card and a pen, uh, someone will come come to you. Uh, just to say again, there, there might be visitors here today. This is a f remember we're we're peeking in to a family uh, moment, and there's no compulsion uh, to give. For many of us also who pay by standing order. We don't do a physical act of giving. We don't bring our offering before the Lord each week or each month. We just look on our app or we look on our bank statement. So, oh, yeah, it's gone out. But I feel like if, if, you're, if you regularly give through standing order, I feel like just bring, we're all called, I feel like we're, we're, we're here today to bring something physical to the Lord, even if you do by standing order. Um, and so what I'm asking you to do is do uh, one or more of four, four things here. Do one or more things. Pledge a, a one-off offering uh, to God. Uh, number two, you might want to increase your regular uh, giving. And number three, you might have been around, around us for a few months and you've never really got round to starting a regular, regular giving. Or number four, write the same. If you, as you ask the Holy Spirit, uh, you, if you want to keep your regular giving the same, you're not increasing it. Would you just put on the form the same? Just fill one of these out and just put the same uh, somewhere on there. But it'd be great if everyone could do something as a response. Again, this is, isn't about the amount. Uh, it's about the heart. And it's also about what the Holy Spirit is prompting you. And so in a few moments, we're, we're going to ask you, Lord, what am I doing about my giving? Where am I at at the moment? And wherever you're at, we ask that you just uh, listen and respond to what the Holy Spirit uh, is saying. Listen to the Holy Spirit. What should I give? Uh, what I'm going to do is going to ask all the worship, the worship bands to come up here and at Battersea and at Westside. And uh, in a few moments, we're going to just pray. We're going to pray over every, every gift. And I honestly believe, just as Viv was saying, the Lord uh, will, is, is going to bring returns to every individual, every household. Stuff happens in our life when we obey the Lord. So all I'm asking you to do is just to obey whatever he says. His word says, seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. So we're just going to take a moment to seek first. Seek first his kingdom. And we're going to have the baskets up front at Westside and at, at Battersea. The baskets will be up the front. I love the physical response to this. Uh, so do come. Uh, if you can't come, if, if you're unable to come forward, give it to a neighbor and they can drop it, drop it in the basket. Have them bring it up for you. And we're going to pray that prophetically the Lord would just open up us up into a season of ex extraordinary return for every person, every household every single person, and for V61. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers.